0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, dot com, the independent voice of UNC Sports. Brought to you by Tshirt dot com, the go to provider for all your Tar Heel gear.
2: I'm your host, Tommy. Ashley. actually listen to the Inside Carolina podcast sponsored by Tshirt dot com. It is. Wednesday evening when we're recording this it's on the beat podcast usually record on Mondays but due to some events in Chapel Hill on Tuesday night Ross Martin I'll start with you and we've also got Gregory Hall here Greg Barnes off tonight but Ross that was a pretty big deal in the Smith Center last night for a Carolina team that had lost every game since the last time they played the Wolfpack big win for Carolina
3: Yeah, that was an awesome game and fun to watch for fans and and fun for the the team to get a win, especially closing it out late. You know, it was a little scary there in the last couple minutes when NC State kept hitting shots and layups, but UNC made their free throws. That's all they needed to do, and and eventually State missed, and and UNC got a rebound to close it out. But, you know, the season is, in terms of making it to the NCAA tournament, pretty much over. They're not playing for much. But it was good to see the guys uh, get a win and, and see some smiles on the faces in the media room. And uh, I, mean, I thought Garrison Brooks had an unbelievable game sitting next to Gregory as we watched it. And, you know, his his ability to score down low and score through contact and, and rebound and, and use his body has been unbelievable this season. And it's been a kind of a, a Bryce Johnson-esque kind of leap. Um, I don't know if he has that type of offensive ceiling, but I don't think anybody thought that Garrison Brooks could, could be the type of player he's become. Uh, it's been a little inconsistent, but but pretty much for, for most of the season, he's been um, UNC's best player. So, um, yeah, see what they can do. Maybe they can win up at Syracuse and, and beat Wake and then see what happens at Duke and get a little momentum here for the ACC tournament. And I think they can win a couple in Greensboro as well if if the matchups kind of line up. Cause, I mean, I think when they play like they did last night, they can beat pretty much everybody in the ACC. Maybe not Louisville, Florida State, and Duke every time, but but anyone else.
2: Yeah, I I definitely think I agreed there. I I think that Duke, I think they can beat um, Louisville and Florida State. I'm not 100% sure. Those are just bad matchups from Carolina, even though they did play Florida State pretty close down in Tallahassee not too long ago. Gregory is watching that game. And again, to our listeners, we're going to talk a lot about football, um, but we're talking about this NC State, um, the win over NC State for Carolina basketball on Tuesday night, just briefly. But Gregory, in the building, on Tuesday night, when NC State started making that little run, the the weirdest and maybe the funniest thing I've seen is there was not one person in the building that thought their team was going to win that game. And I include Carolina fans after what's going on um, in the last month, but also NC State fans, because I was around to plenty and they knew they were going to lose that game to Carolina. They wanted to come just in case, but they knew they were going to lose that game. And Carolina fans were having a little little post-traumatic shock going on when State started coming back. But in the locker room, post-game locker room, I saw some of the interviews, but what was the mood in there? I mean, those guys played like they expected to win that ball game. And that results in them making plays late that they haven't made in this losing streak.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was only it was only fitting that uh, Garrison was the one to nail six free throws in the final 41 seconds, just based off the monster game he had and uh, what he did against State. But in the locker room afterwards, it was you almost there was there was a sigh, there was relief. A lot of few guys talked about that, um, but I I talked to PlayTech and he walks every time we interview him at the Smith Center. He walks to the the same chair that he sits at the same table pretty much every time. Uh, he usually comes out after someone like Garrison or Cole and they have got the giant media scrubs. So if you walk over to Playtech it's usually just one or two other people at the beginning. Um, and that's the exact same, same case last night. I walk over. Jonathan Alexander walks over from the news observer. Uh, Playtech sits down and in these past during this losing streak he sits down and he keeps his head down, he sighs. Uh, he kind of collects himself, but he was laughing and smiling the whole time. Um, and I just, I asked him, I was like, you look like you're a little, a little more excited to, to talk to us tonight. Uh, and he just was like, man, that was fun. Uh, they had fun the whole time. And I, like the Duke game when Duke was making shot after shot down the stretch. Uh, Armando said like we were, they were scared to death that they were going to lose that game. Um, But I don't know if they had that had that feeling last night just because they had already beaten state. So that's helpful. Um, And I just the energy in that building. You're right. Not a single person in that building thought their team was going to win. And it was very similar to in in Raleigh um, when state fans really weren't that loud when their team was trying to like in the first half when they were kind of controlling the game a little bit. Um. And back in Raleigh, just because they didn't think they they were supposed to win the game, but they're like, we're not going to win this game. Um, And you're right; they felt that same way last night. But the players, they it was it was happiness. And Cole loves talking about Garrison, called him a grown man, a beast. Uh, Brandon loves talking about Garrison. Um, Keeling was had a bunch of people around him. Ross, you talked to him more than more than I did, but I just I just play text laughing and like laughter. It wasn't laughter like it has been. Where it's like, man, like this has to stop eventually. It it was pure. It was pure genuine happiness last night, Uh, and so it was cool. It was cool to see that out of them.
2: Yeah, I mean they they've competed for a month with nothing for to show for it in the win loss column, and uh, had a good win. Ross Gregory mentioned Christian Keeling, and that guy, uh, you know his game is mid-range and he lights it up from the mid-range when he's in some sort of rhythm but he has struggled from deep but he hit some big ones against NC State and to watch him to see what all they've gone through and to see the you know sort of the expectations that were put on him coming into the season and see it not work out to see him get some you know a little bit of joy or a lot of joy against NC State that that was pretty cool to see from the outside looking in. What did he have to say post game?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's it, things are starting to click for him, and, and you know, it's a little a little bit too late, you know, to put together a really great season. But it, I think he's he's kind of happy with you know things have started to work for him. And of course, rather most of the games be wins, but for the last six or seven games, you know, he's averaging double figures, towards sixteen on Tuesday night, seven for nine from the field, very efficient. Uh, added seven rebounds, played 27 minutes, and was plus 24. So, um, yeah, you're kind of seeing the player. I think UNC fans and the UNC staff thought they were getting. I think with more time and more confidence, things are rolling for him. And he's a great kid. I mean, he, he's a he's a good quote. He, he's pretty thoughtful. And, you know, it's been hard. I think the season's hard for everybody. It's been hard for him. I think him and Pierce, you know, definitely didn't expect things to go this way in their one and only season in Carolina Blue. But um, it is good to see him have some success. And uh yeah, he's been keeping he's been probably I guess the third scorer because you know Robinson only had three points last night. So he's he's taken a lot of minutes away from play tech. This is keeling, and he's become kind of UNC's third score behind Cole Anthony and Brooks. And um yeah, mid-range jumper. He hit two threes last night. Crafty uh moves to the basket as well. So um you're kinda of, yeah, like I said earlier, you know, you're kind of seeing a lot of what ifs now with this team and some of these wins. You kinda of saw it against Duke, you're seeing you saw some of the losses as well. You know, against Duke and uh, against uh, some of the other teams as well, but definitely NC State kind of all came together um, for, for the W. Yeah, yeah. And it, and
2: it, you Ross the boss. He did. Ross oh, yeah. the boss. Oh, that was a long time ago. Ross, Mr. Popularity in the locker rooms. I, you know, watching the uh, Tuesday night ACC basketball. I mean, the ACC tournament could be interesting uh, across the board because Wake Forest beating Duke and coming back basically the same way Duke came back against Carolina just. Crazy stuff, and and then to see that final. So who knows what happens? But Carolina's got Syracuse this weekend up there. That'll be tough. Um, But if they play, they can get one. And like you say, Ross, there there's no chance at the NCAA tournament without winning the ACC tournament. Um, But they certainly can end the season on positive notes going into these last few games in the ACC tournament. Uh, I told you we were going to talk about football. We're going to talk about football next. But I'm going to talk about JohnnyTShirt.com. Certainly. on Franklin street and online, you're great providers of Carolina gear, anything you could possibly want. Um, Carolina related basketball related, plenty of stuff there, jerseys. Um, certainly they have the throwback jerseys. I believe that Carolina wore against NC state. That's probably, um, probably my favorite Carolina Jersey out there, especially those pants or the shorts. And of course, baseball season coming around. So they've got all sorts of, Baseball gear, all sorts of anything you possibly need. And they've got football gear because spring football practice is coming up. And that's what we're going to talk about. But first, Johnny T-Shirt and com sponsors of this podcast and providers of a 10% discount if you're an Inside Carolina premium subscriber. And if you're not and you listen to this podcast, you need to be um, because you're going to miss out on a ton of content coming up in the next few weeks and months as Carolina rolls into spring practice before the dojams of summer. We'll take another short break, come back all Carolina football all the time after the break. We'll be right back.
0: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me.
4: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring
0: professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
2: All right, guys. We're back. Inside Carolina on the beat podcast. Ross Martin, Greg Hall. Gregory Hall. Sorry, Gregory. Uh, no Greg Barnes today, but Ross and Gregory, you guys were in Kenan Stadium today. Mac Brown had his pre-spring uh, press conference slash interview he he covers everything but i think the big news that came out of it ross is carolina folks uh the media and subsequently the fans if you've watched the interviews got to hear from lily and dewitt let's start with john Lilly. i mean for me watching the the press conference just seems like an incredibly genuine guy in a uh, type business where you don't really find those type guys every day. Mac Brown's assembled a staff of them, it seems like. But Lily's, Lily's pretty strong. What'd you think of uh, his comments today?
3: Yeah, I mean, he comes off, yeah, well intentioned and and pretty sharp. And you know, he's been on the block. And he's been at big time, big time football programs with Florida State and Georgia for long periods of time. He's been in the NFL, coaching tight ends at UNC isn't you know isn't some crazy thing for him. I think um, you know, big takeaway was you know, this is where he wants to be. He's got young kids. I think he has like a eight-year-old, a ten year old, and maybe a kid younger than that. So, you know, I don't think this is a guy who's gonna be leaving ship and looking for the next best thing. He found a fit. He reached out to Mac Brown and to Stacey Searles, who he coached with at Georgia for this position. So somewhere he wants to be. Um And, yeah, he seems like a really good dude, very Southern from West Virginia. You notice the accent. I could see him being successful recruiting the South. He has a lot of ties to Georgia from his time there and and Florida. And he's definitely recruited uh, North Carolina too. But, uh, yeah, I think everything we've kind of read about him, and and it was definitely hyped up on the boards, the hire, kind of coming out of nowhere and then happening very quickly, proved true. Um, So I think it's going to be a good fit. And um, I think we'll get into a little bit earlier about what he said about tight ends and things like that. But Recruiting wise and personality wise, and he checks all the boxes from his, his first chance with the media today. And we, I don't, we won't really, we don't really get assistant coaches that much. You know, we get coordinators every Monday during the season, and we can request position coaches. So, um, you know, we, we don't always request them after practices. So this is one of our big chances to talk to these guys.
1: Yeah, he called himself detail oriented uh, and a team player, and just I asked him about like he's coached. NFL programs. And he's coached, uh, like, like Ross said, Georgia and at Florida state. So I kind of asked him, I was like, what's different between coaching NFL guys and coaching college players. And why did you kind of make the decision to, to come back to college? Uh, and I was expecting him to talk about how college players, they can learn more. You can teach them more. Um, but he, he answered it with the reason he came to Carolina, like Ross said, um, was Searles, and he wanted a place uh, with his family, his young, uh, his young children, to put roots in. But as far as coaching NFL players and college players, he was kind of saying even if it's a 10-year vet that he's coached in the NFL or a freshman walking into Chapel Hill on his very first day, the best of the best want to learn every day. So I kind of took that as him saying that this job isn't necessarily beneath him or anything like that, but more that he wants to coach guys that want to learn and want to be the best, um, and that's where he kind of his his detail orientedness kind of comes in, because in spring ball, talking about just straight fundamentals and all of that stuff, um, and then as far as when it gets to the games. Uh, that it doesn't really matter how many touches his guys get in the tight end room, how many touchdowns they get, they could get, I think he used 10 catches for 145 yards and two touchdowns, or they could not touch the ball at all. Um, but he, he, that's where the team playerness comes in. He really just does want to win. Um, and I think that's why he was a really good fit for, for this program. Cause that's what Mac has preached from day one was this, a win-now mentality.
2: Ross, what Gregory just talked about caught my ear listening to it, and maybe it's just my um, sensitivity to how things went down with departed coaches, but Lily specifically said he does not care about what numbers his guys put up unless as long as they're doing their job. Uh, And I thought that interesting. He also talked about in the recruiting side of it, he didn't care about recruiting rankings of assistant coaches. In fact, he thought it was bad for college football. Um, no offense to everybody in the room. And if folks haven't listened to these interviews, they're out there on the Inside Carolina YouTube channel, certainly for you to look at Mac Dewitt and Lilly's. But Ross, that was those were interesting comments. I thought not. I don't think they were directed at anybody or whatever. But it just maybe shows a, a different different take or a different perspective on what his function is on mac brown's staff
3: yeah i mean team player doesn't care about result doesn't care about uh, individual stuff um aim, and who knows you, you mentioned it off the air maybe a shot at brewster who maybe was upset with the usage of tight ends last season i think i don't know if it's the usage of tight ends in the system i think you just need a stud tight end in this offense i think an eric ebron or a really vertical threat could could. Do really well in the um, air aid system that Phil Longo deploys. Um, and you know, he mentioned recruiting, and then that that talk about recruiting Rankins. You know, it's a he, he mentioned it's a full staff approach. It's you know, it's it's one guy who initiates, and then a couple more coaches come on, and eventually you have four or five people from the staff recruiting every player. It's a whole staff approach, and at twenty four seven Sports, obviously you put two staff members. On the profile of each player that from each school that's recruiting the person, and that's how you get the rankings. That's what he was referring to. But um, you know, he mentioned the team approach, and I think one thing you notice with Mac Brown's staff is how they get along. They get along well together. Not many egos. They're all here for the same goal. And when uh, John Lilly was being interviewed, he met with Phil Longo for two hours first, and then he met with. Mac Brown and the whole offensive staff to make sure everything was a fit. I think that's important as well. Um, As you see, staff changes happen all the time and and we thought we were, you know, leaving the 2019 season with complete staff and and we had two changes and it just shows you the, um, you know, how dynamic and and how much movement can occur. So I think that's an important thing with staff chemistry, but um, yeah, that's about it for for Lou for me. I think it's I think it's a great fit and uh, we'll see about how, how he recruits, but I think he, his if he's recruiting well at florida and florida state florida State
2: and georgia i think he'll have success at unc as well yeah he certainly brings a strong resume to carolina as everybody on inside carolina message boards certainly understand as we discuss him uh, both on podcast and, and in articles he he's got the chops we'll see how it translates to matt brown and his staff gregory other assistant coach that came in javon dewitt he is um Special teams and I believe outside linebackers. Yes. And uh, so, Gregor, he seems like another guy that's just, you know, pretty laid back approach. Um, what's he going to bring to Mac Brown's staff? He
1: is very enthusiastic about special teams, is uh, kind of what he alluded to. And he talked about, or Greg asked him about. Special teams, kind of being that overlooked stepchild, that third part of the game where there's offense, there's defense, and then there's special teams. Um, and he kind of responded with talking about, "Yeah, that that that's true." He's like, "I guarantee you, if you go ask any of those other coaches out there in this building, if they wanted my job, I guarantee you the answer is probably no." Um, but Mac Brown is stressing special teams this this season. Um he list he talked about four four improvements that they are going to focus on in the spring. Uh number one was depth, which is what has been his focus since he arrived back in Chapel Hill. And number two is special teams. Um he said we're Mac this is Mac saying this is like we're going to work harder than we ever have at special teams. And to do this, he's giving uh Javon DeWitt full reign over any player on the roster that he wants, probably not someone like Sam Howell, though, to be on special teams. Um, and only Mac can block it. A position coach can't be like, uh-uh, I need that guy. I need Taman Fox to be only a linebacker or a, a pass rusher. I, I can't have him on special teams. Nothing like that. If DeWitt once sees, sees a guy that's going to contribute on special teams and can be the best at it, he's, he can have him if he wants that kind of shows the emphasis that they're putting towards, putting towards special teams. Uh, and so, yeah, basically just getting from what we got from DeWitt uh, was how excited he is. He's was dealing with some health issues uh, the past 12 to 18 months. Um, and so now he's back and better than ever. He said he's feeling great, which is contributing to his new energy uh, is what is what he said today.
2: Boom. Yep, Ross. Anything to add on him? I mean, we'll have plenty of content leading into spring ball on him.
3: Yeah, I mean, super sharp guy. Uh, he has uh, degrees in physics and mathematics from Northern Michigan, and turned down opportunity to work at NASA following graduation from college. Instead, uh, entering the coaching profession, which started out as a graduate assistant at Northern Michigan and then some community college and things like that. You know, his recruiting area—they haven't decided. Uh, exactly where because these two coaches bring in different areas but he has experience coaching sorry recruiting uh, southern south florida a little bit above uh, dade county so he had two he had th- two seasons at florida atlantic and two seasons at central florida so the florida area uh, he is well versed in and you could see unc dipping down there a little bit more he has family in south carolina in the myrtle beach area he joked that when he goes down there, he meets another family member who's involved with coaching, some cousins something like that. So some experience in some of UNC's uh, recruiting footprint. Uh, really likable guy. I think both these guys are very likable. I uh, mean, I guess that's kind of part of the gig when you're a football coach and recruiting's a big part of your um, of your career. But, uh, yeah, super friendly, super, super likable. You can see why Mac Brown would reach out to them, and you can see why they've had success moving up in the coaching ranks. Um, yeah, and like like Gregory said, you know, a real focus on special teams. I think he's coached that at almost every stop, uh, at least in the last ten years, and uh, that's an area that Mac Brown definitely wants to get better with. Um, and it was it was odd. I tried to get him to mention players in his outside linebacker room, and he didn't mention one player. Uh, he did mention the role of it and and how unique that outside linebacker edge defensive end position is in Jay Bateman's defense but refused to mention any players which was odd I thought did you catch that
1: Gregory at all yeah I don't know if it was a refusal as much as last well, twice yeah I know but every time he gave the same answer he was like I just haven't gotten as much time with them as I would have liked yeah it's like three players though I mean that's fair but I mean if if he doesn't no, if he hasn't got that much time with him, I don't know how much he can tell you about him other than just tape that he's watched. Yeah, Gregory's a little soft, soft journalist there, Tommy. <laughs> All Not right, we'll pushing for the hard what answer. Do you, but... What do you want what do you want him to say? You want him to there be like Taman Fox? To. You want him to be like Taman Fox is the best linebacker? Or like did you like what do you want him to say? If he had guy much time with him.
3: Tyrone Hopper, who's stepping up,
1: names to know. Gave me nothing. I want to I think he tried to name a a coach like one of the coaches, and I don't think he could. I don't. I think he was like I don't. He was like I haven't gotten that much time with him, so I think he's just getting acclimated. Ross been here two months. Can you can you can you tell us what NASA stands for?
3: <laughs> uh, space Space Force. I don't know. <laughs> National Ast- Astrology. <laughs>
2: yeah Let's, cut uh, this tommy cut this uh, Yeah, no we, we're we gonna leave it but you answered it i heard you say it you you answered whatever it stood for uh gregory, Math, national aeronautics and space administration there, there you go. go aka nasa we do acronyms here uh gregory mack brown's press conference it, it, you wrote the article give me some highlights of your article so folks can make sure they find it on inside carolina
1: Yeah. So he talked about, so, I mean, he opened up the press conference with like, I don't know, like was it 20 minutes of without questions and he's just going through a bunch of things. Um, And he talked with Brian Hess, the strength and conditioning coach about guys that have kind of stood out to him as far as competition and effort, athleticism, strength, the whole, the whole gambit there. Um, And for early enrollee, early enrollees, some names that he threw out there were Kendry Bingley Jones who has gained 18 pounds of muscle since he's gotten on campus, uh, John Copenhaver, who's up 10 pounds, uh, Cameron Rose Sinclair, Josh Downs, uh, and DJ Jones, and Bingley Jones all caught Hess's eye as well. And then as far as uh, returners, like non-early enrollees, not freshmen, uh, Mac talked about Deami Brown, uh, Javante Williams, Michael Carter, both Tamon and Tamari Fox. Uh, Kyler McMurray, uh, the Clemson transfer at cornerback who had to sit out last year. Uh, And Christian Varner. McMichaels? Oh, yeah, I was saying McMurray earlier. McMichael, Kyler McMichael. Uh, And Christian Varner, who was getting the most praise as far as work ethic. Um, Another, uh, some more takeaways. He talked about those four improvements that they want to work on. Number one being depth uh, and really focusing on having a – focusing on the two deep so what what the elite programs can do is you can take out your starters you bring in the backups and you're really not skipping a beat really there and that's what uh mac wants out of unc and and this team Uh, number two being special teams i already talked about uh number three thing was red zone (laughs) offense uh and goal line situations um they struggled. They only had like a fifty-six percent touchdown percentage in the red zone last season. So that that definitely something that they want to to work on. And then last was just takeaways, which he talks about as being something they want to focus on all the time. Um, and he talked a lot about uh, John Lilly and Javon Dewitt and why uh, they're here and um, all the perks that they bring. Um, and yeah, those are the main ones that I could think of right now. No okay. need to read the
3: article now. Yeah, really. Gregory, I just uh, I just, just saved laid you
2: twenty minutes. Uh, <laughs> last question for the podcast, Ross. Uh, Matt Brown doesn't seem to mind the preseason hype that Carolina's getting, and I think it's only going to get louder the closer we get to the season. Yeah, I mean, he wants
3: expectations. I think that's good for for building the program where he wants it to be. I mean, he yeah he he laid it on I me. Mean, he says the goal is to now to win the conference, you know, and he's you know thinks that UNC is now a chance to compete with Clemson in year two, so he's setting the expectations high, setting the goals high, and I think that's a good thing. Uh, one note that I wanted to kind of add to what Gregory said is he mentioned Christian Varner a lot, and he mentioned Kedrick Bingley Jones a lot in terms of his growth. He's at 18 pounds, so I would expect those two players to, to be ready to go and be a big into to be a big impact players uh, in the spring and into preseason camp on the defensive line, an area that's taken some hits. And the fact that Jewel Taylor is injured in spring will give them even more reps. You would expect those two guys to be interior linemen, uh, Kevin Hester, um, Christian Varner, and Kedrick Bingley-Jones. But um, yeah, I mean, Max says he's excited. This is the most excited he's been for spring practice. I think he's, you know, the five years he took away from, the sport in terms of being a coach uh, really gave him time to reflect and re him. And he's pumped up to go. He, um, you know, talked for 52 minutes and like Gregory said, about a 20 minute opening statement before questions and, and still wanted more questions after we were done. So um, they're getting all set up. I think it's interesting with spring practice. They they have a couple practices and then we'll take a whole week off for spring break before coming back. And they're starting a little bit later in the spring to allow Two more weeks for the strength and conditioning program because Brian Hess wanted more time there. Um, I did like how he gave up the the updates and the standouts and off-season conditioning. It's, it's, we didn't get anything like that with uh, Fedora. So it, it's like night and day, and every time you think about it, it, it's very different types of coaches and their approach to the media and the what they tell us and how they approach uh, different aspects of the program.
2: What a crazy change in the last 14, 16, 18 months for Carolina football. I mean, I believe Ross March seventeenth is that right for the start of spring practice? Yes. Yep, I think it's a Tuesday, and then it ends on April eighteenth, which is a Saturday for the spring game. The spring game at three o'clock. All right, boys, I'm gonna wrap it. Y'all got things to do. I got to get this podcast up for our listeners to listen to. Uh, Gregory Hall, Ross Martin, on the Beat Podcast in inside Carolina, sponsored by shirt dot com. Thanks, boys. Thanks, Tommy. See you, Tommy.
1: Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by t-shirt.com Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase.
4: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.